Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. Yeah, great question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. Great question. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. That is literally a brilliant question. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. How you doing? How are things going in your life? I generally am concerned. Send me an email at Ryan at OuterLimitsRadio.com, and please let me know, because I hope you're doing well. And if you're not doing well, just let me know if there's anything I, I can do to uh, to help you in some way. Our featured show this evening is about the chakras. You think I'm like, chakras? Don't you mean chakras? No, apparently you say it like chakra, like chocolate or chakra Khan. <laughs> but these are very important energy portals. We're going to learn all about them right now. Let us begin tonight's show. Welcoming to the program is Vicki Howie. She is an expert on the chakras, those little energy portals that are all over the body that apparently we need to balance and got to get work on because if they're out of balance, some crazy things will happen. You may have certain perspectives or you may want to have the in-laws over for weeks at a time. Who knows? That Apparently, that is if the chakras are completely out of balance. And uh, I'm just making a little more about Miss Howie by going to her website at chakraboosters.com. Miss Howie, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Ryan. Excellent. So how did you become an expert on the chakras? Because I was looking through some of the universities. That is a major I would have liked to have taken. I majored in communication. So how did you become an expert on chakras? Was that... Well, actually, Ryan, I I also uh, majored in communications, behavioral communications on both of my degrees. And uh, so it's very, very similar. There's a lot of that, especially the behavioral stuff in the chakras. But I ended up teaching a lot of yoga and I started to go down the teacher training route. And the more teacher training I did, the more they made us learn the chakras. And chakras is actually the people always go, why is she saying chakras? Because I say it in the traditional Sanskrit way, um, because Sanskrit sound is pretty important. It's also part of the healing, the sound of things. So uh, if I was really doing it right, I would say chakras, because the A would be an uh. But um, so you, people actually debate about this stuff out in the YouTube world, you know? What, so, I mean, just, but, uh, what, what, is, what, what are the chakras? I mean, I said energy portals, like, what are they, what is their significance and why are they important? Well, Okay, so you you could say we have more. We actually have tons and tons of um, lines of energy in our body, which are called nadis, and we have a lot of different areas. We even have chakras in our palms. But when we talk about the chakras like you and I are going to talk, we're talking about the seven main energy centers along the vertical axis of the spine. And what's so cool about them, Ryan, is that they actually relate to every area of our life and they correspond to a rainbow color and frequency wise. So we are actually walking rainbows like prisms and it gives us a direct area. You know, when someone says, I'm sure you've heard it many times. Well, it's, it's all in you, (laughs) you know, it's all inside. And I'm one of these people, I don't know about you, but I'm one of these people that goes where like, okay, I'm having financial issues. Where, where is that? Like, I want it to be, to have a direct place. You know what I'm saying? And that's what the chakras do. We have seven. They go from the densest at your root, which is the tailbone, 
the end of the tailbone, all the way up your spine to just above your head at the crown, which is actually the only non-physical, non-embodied chakra. The other six are embodied. And if we have fun here and you're real good, I'll tell you something really interesting about those six in terms of how they, they're different from each other. Oh, so you, you want me to, you're going to test me. I, I, I'm up for a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I know you are. Well, I, one of the first things I want to ask you about when it comes to chakras is that my understanding is that, okay, we are in the physical form, and while in the physical form as existing, we get bound by the illusion of time and space. Well, if the chakras are in the non-physical, if we do not see them, if they are invisible to some people, where do they exist? Do the chakras exist in time, space, in the physical realm as a non-physical entity, or are they outside of time and space? Because when you look at chakras, apparently they can become distorted. They need to be balanced. They need to be pushed and shifted. So that being said, I'm wondering if they are bound by space-time in the physical realm because they can change over time. And I was thinking that if they were you know, outside the physical realm, outside the physical dimension, they would be constant. They would never be changing. Wow. <laughs> that was a long question, Ryan, but it was a darn good one. It's one I'm going to have a little bit of fun with if I can tease out the essence of it. Okay. So first of all, I love how you noted, are they invisible to most people, right? Because there are people that actually see uh, the chakras. And uh, there's a guy named Ledenbetter who in the early 1900s that I uh, went over a little bit in my, the key to the chakras, there's a guy there who he could see them, right? And what's interesting is he didn't even put them in the line down the vertical spine. Uh, at the time, the, the heart chakra and the third chakra were off the line. They were off. And my feeling about that is that he saw so many people, but there was such a cultural tendency at the time for those two to be off that he was actually seeing them the way most people had them, which was the way our culture was out of whack at that time. Okay. Now we have more individual ways of being out of whack. Some of us are out of whack at the top, some at the bottom. We're not quite so cohesive as we used to be, but here's the thing about chakras. They exist everywhere. So you got, you and I are going to have some weird conversation about, you know, it, they are the everything. <laughs> Literally, they are the full spectrum of the everything. The crown goes on forever. It's infinite consciousness. And the root is, if you can imagine, people always think of the chakras as like these different centers that you are mystical and have different names and you have to go up the chakras and know everything about them. But really, it helps to think of them as a spectrum of energy that covers all energy of all time. And that's why, literally, the root chakra is bound in space and time, very bound. It's, it's for those souls, like me, I'm a root chakra lesson soul, that need to come in, and we're so unbounded. <laughs> we're so sort of psychic and up in that other realm. We've never really landed on this planet completely that our lesson is to come and be caught in the time space, not to get out of it, but to come down and work with it, work with nature, work with, you know, before, middle, after, <laughs> work with chrono chronology, because God is everything, uh, consciousness is everything, so therefore, uh, both, and this is hard for our brains to get around, but both space and time exist within that spectrum, and they don't. And the place they exist is where the densest, the density of our bodies is where the time exists. We're in the 3D world in the root chakra. And then as we move up, and, and a really good, let me give you a visual. If you can imagine to go down your chakras, because I love to go down rather than up, because I love bringing heaven to earth. I love that tantric uh, direction of going down into the grounding from the sky. And if you could imagine a meteor coming from the sky, it's going to, that's like the chakras. It's going to come from like, let's just say outer space, the cosmos, which is like the crown, right? And it's going to start to go through the skies and the light that relate to the third eye. And then it's going to go through the bluest blue of the sky close, you know, at the horizon that is related to the fifth chakra. Then it's going to go down into, I mean, then it keeps going until it goes into the ocean. So actually, I went a little too quick there because we have, we still have the sun. We thought I was way too ahead of it. We still have the sun, 
then we had the um, then we get to the water. So you can imagine it goes through the sky, through this past the sun and the sun energies and the solar energies that are in our atmosphere, which would be the third chakra. Then it goes into the water, which is the second chakra. Then imagine hitting the sand at the bottom of the ocean and hitting earth, hitting like ugh, getting stuck. That's the root. So our densest chakras and time and space challenges are in the root. And then as we move up, we move toward freedom and consciousness only, no manifestation, no matter. And then when we're up at the top and we come back down, we're coming into matter. And it's just a spectrum back and forth. The magicians just work with that spectrum of, you know, caught in matter and up to the freedom, up in the freedom. And actually, when you're in the freedom, you have too much anxiety and too much freedom. You actually need that grounding. So now you're going to come back down into this body and these physical pleasures and this time space. So I don't even know if I really answered question, but <laughs> I did, and I'm just trying yeah. to understand yeah. the significance of what the chakras are because people say, "Well, you may have this chakra that may be unbalanced." So, the next question I want to go into is, what impact do chakras have on your ability to manifest? So, say for example, you are putting a lot of time, energy intensity and focus on manifesting something an event a job something that you are working on you're manifesting you're focusing your attention on manifesting maybe you have three of the your chakras balanced maybe a couple of them are not balanced so what impact or will there be any impact on the type of manifestation that you will ultimately have based on if your chakras are balanced. And if your chakras, say for example, hypothetically speaking, are not balanced, will you have a skewed manifestation of what you put your intention out to because of that imbalance of one or more of the chakras? Well, I think that's always the case. Imbalances in anywhere in your psyche could cause you to put out wrong intentions or think your desires are different than they are or just you know, and that can often be things we don't even know. It could be early childhood trauma that makes our our likings and our pr- propensities actually against our nature or against what's better best for us. But that's a great question, Ryan, about you know how do they affect uh, your ability to manifest? Because what I was just talking about right there is literally the process of manifestation, right? In the ideal world, we start from ideas at the highest at the crown and they come through and then we have this these insights about them then that's in the sixth chakra the third eye then we go into the throat and we talk about it we put out the word which is the beginning of manifestation in the physical realm at the fifth chakra it's called the ethereal etheric template and the etheric template is really where the kind of physical the rubber meets the road the physical world starts to um, interact with the energy world through the bridge of words through the bridge of intentions and visioning and what we do with our inner language as well as our outer language. And then we start to give it some love and we connect this vision to other things, to other people, the things that might start to help it to manifest. Then we go into deep action, which is in the third chakra and deep focus, the third chakra, the solar plexus is focus. Then we bring it down into um, problem solving and watery. The, 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 the hips are all about, can I move through the problems that now pop up around this manifestation? And can I be flexible and creative around it? And then finally in, in the root, that's where we actually birth. That's the manifesting. The energy of the root chakra is called apana. And that, means downward moving energy so gravity is really all root chakra is all about gravity which have you heard the song from um john mayer i love that song that's really talking about gravity and the and the complexities or the problems of the root wanting us to have we're wanting to have more and it's always drawing us down but for those of us who are too up which nowadays we get all different types the two up people need that down because i do you mind if I break this down into three types, this, um, how people can manifest through yes. the chakras? Yes. Please. Okay. So the, I've seen three different types and then you tell me, listen to it and tell me like where you think you fall in the spectrum or other people, you know, like give me some feedback on a specific person. Okay. So in general, and remember as anyone who's listening, as you're listening, you may be a combination of two of these types. Uh, or even it's possible to to be even more unique than that. But most people will fall into one of these types or a combination of two of them. And the first one is 
lower chakra dominant. This is the kind of person that's sort of always been the traditional yogi, gravity bound. We come into this world, we're born, we forget that we're spiritual, and we grow from the bottom up like a tree. Okay? And we manifest, we grow up, and then the, because we're so rooted, we're so in the body, we lose touch, not with earth, but with the spiritual world. So in order to truly manifest visionary things and not just selfish or greedy or, you know, material things, we need to get to the fifth chakra or above, the throat or above. We need to get into the prayerful, meditative chakras and open up. So imagine it like a tube. These lower chakra people are really strong in the lower part of the tube where the actual physical stuff happens, but they're weaker in the connection to the divine vision that would make them bring in angelic gifts, okay? Then you have the upper chakra people that come in. Imagine them like parachuters. <laughs> we have many of them more now, the indigo children. Those are, they're parachuters. They never quite land. They usually come into a really traumatic situation because that's just the karma. That's the way they work it. They usually don't land safely in their body, safely in their home. So they're lacking that lower machinery that actually does the physical manifestation birthing part. So they have tons of connection to what's good and vision <laughs> and what should happen on this earth, but it gets stuck right in the middle as they start to get into that lower part of the piping. I'm using a piping analogy. And they're not able to actually manifest. And these people are typically frightened, actually, of their lower chakras. They're typically frightened of their power, frightened of their anger, um, worried about their sexuality, or worried about that if they had money, it would make them greedy or bad. They're just so up in that angelic realm that they have trouble with the, the actual manifestation, the slower moving lower chakras that would actually birth the thing that they want to birth. Do you feel the difference in those two? Yes. I mean, I, okay. I, I do. And there's still a third, but I wanted to see if you knew those two first. I'm familiar with them. Yes. And I'm curious what the third is. Okay. So the third pretty obvious once I say it, which is the third is the type of person that bounces between these two worlds and doesn't have a bridge in the middle. And we're seeing a lot of this now because Women in particular, the middle bridge, the strong bridge is your solar plexus chakra, which is the chakra of the warrior, of the fire, of anger, of power, of, you know, the big buzzword right now, Ryan, is narcissism. You know what I mean? We always like to put, we have new evils all the time that we like to name, right? Even though it's all consciousness. <laughs> and it's, it's all God. It's all consciousness, right? So the, the middle people, I call them splits. And that's because they tend to be a little bipolar, so to speak, in the way they act. They're, they have anxiety sometimes, depression sometimes. They feel like their material world is separate from their spiritual world. They feel like they can't quite bring those two worlds together really well. And often they're really worried about not being nice. Like they don't want to be in their solar plexus. They'd rather be in their heart. You know, they're very worried about uh, being in the bridge of their solar plexus because that would make them a bad person, overly angry or, you know, too aggressive or whatever. Um, yeah. So that's missing in the middle, missing the bottom or missing the top. Real simple. All right. So based on a person's perspectives on this, based on what they're leaning towards, what does that do as far as their capability of manifesting? Does it, does it have any impact on the speed? Oh, and it has impact on the ability to do it, right? So what's going to happen for Okay, because I don't know that I'm describing this real well, but the lower chakra, like consider three, two, one, solar plexus, second chakra, the hips, and then the tailbone. Consider those the machinery, okay? Those are the slowest, densest, and they have the ability to physically bring things into this world, especially the root. Consider the heart, the bridge, the middle, the balance point, because that's what it is. And it's actually our essence because of that. When we balance all of our chakras, we are naturally in our heart. We don't even have to try to do anything with our heart. Uh, love is our essence when we're balanced. Um, and then five, six, and seven, those are the upper chakras that give us connection to the angelic or the higher realms that would be for the good of all, you know, where all of our best visions and intentions would come from for the collective, as well as ourselves, because we're never separate from the collective. So if a person's really connected to that upper part, they've got great ideas, and we're seeing this a lot now, they've got great ideas, and they've got angelic vision and all that, but they can't manifest the lower machinery. So th that kind of person will tend to move homes a lot. They can't pay their bills. They're flaky. They, they're accident prone. They're up. They're away from the earth. They're up. You know, that's your normal 
spiritual, quote unquote, tight if okay. they're not real grounded. So I just want to clarify right? something. If you are having a hard time, yeah. if you're struggling with yeah. the manifestation of finances, what, what chakras do you need to balance and focus on? Okay. So I'm, this is what I'm trying to tell you, Ryan. I really know. You've got to stick with me. There's three types. He, there's three types. I know, I know, I know. But like, is there, is there yeah. like, because I always like what I like to do is that. I try to put things in a sim- as simplified as possible. So if somebody says, okay, you know, where do I, what, what chakra do we work on? Okay, well, the focus is not chakra, but you're saying three different types, but what would you say would be um, the ones you would need, basically need to focus on? So the question you would have to ask me for me to be able to answer yeah. it would be to say, Vicki, if I'm lower chakra person, how do I manifest? Vicki, okay. if I'm an upper chakra person, how do I, it's Got it. absolutely okay. opposite. There we go. For so, lower and upper. All right. So they can listen. People can listen to it and they can kind of make their own assessment about what type, where mm-hmm. they are. But is there another way for mm-hmm. them to determine what type of person they are, whether they're upper or lower? Well, it's really easy to determine, actually. Again, we go back to if you're suffering from anxiety and almost never depression, right? That means you're up. You're in the upper echelons. Um, do you know, you know Pooh Bear? It's a really good analogy. Pooh Bear's characters are pretty good because Tigger's upper, right? And you can never nail him down. He's just, he's off to something else. And Eeyore's the lower. Oh boy, I can't do anything. He's always in the depression. It's just, it's somebody, and you know it, they, they talk more slowly. I mean, you can tell by me how quickly I talk. If you saw my body, I'm very Vata and skinny and upward. I am a very upper chakra person and need to work on grounding. So for me, it's a longer thing to manifest. I have to work in the 3D realm. I literally already am connected to the magical realm, but I, I have to work on the piping, you know, the, the part where I physically bring things into the world. And that's what actually upper chakra people need to work on, the more spiritual types. They need to work on consistency and, and, and grounding and sticking with things and not moving around all the time and slowing down and just being in this world and people that are in this world a whole lot is what you started this whole conversation out where you said, yeah, we just need to remember that we need to be up in, you know, we have to remember that we're spirit, you know, or maybe that was even me reading what you had said in one of your things on your site, which is just remembering our spirit and remembering who we are. So more people are in that. Nowadays, even still, more people are lower chakra. They grow normally like a tree from the bottom up, and they're feeling heavy and a little depressed, so they need to remember spirit and and move their energies upward. They need to pray. They need to meditate. They want to move upward to manifest because what will happen with a person that's lower chakra is they won't have a problem manifesting at all. If, if, If their lower chakras are working, they'll just keep manifesting things that make them unhappy. You know, they'll be manifesting things that they want to say they didn't manifest, or they'll be manifesting things that get them in trouble because it'll come from self-centered interest instead of from the whole. Um, so that the, those are the normal spiritual things that we're warned about, right? Because that's the the norm is to be lower chakra dominant. So prayer and all that's still a good thing. And then the middle people, they need to own their power. Believe it or not, they're going to manifest more when they're a little more selfish and they do more core work and they get into their power and stop feeling like a victim. The splits feel like victims and you cannot manifest from a place of victimhood ever. It's awesome. So people think they're the victims that they can't really manifest. There are certain tracks that people can listen to online that well, if you listen to this track, this will balance that chakra. This will balance this chakra. So I'm curious, like, if you're listening to this, you listen to a track, it processes it in your brain, and apparently your chakra will get balanced. Why is it that people perceive that listening to something would balance your chakra if your chakra, I mean, it seems like, it seems like you're processing it through logic, your mind, I mean, couldn't you balance your chakras by just having the sound be placed on parts of your body? I mean, if you could, you place like the the sound of the music or the or the um, speaker on the place of your body where your chakra is, and let your chakra physically feel the sound and the vibration. I mean, is there any necessity reason why you have to hear it or process the sound of that music or balancing music through your brain? Hmm. 
Oh, Ryan, you love such complicated questions, don't you? <laughs> um, absolutely. You could do direct. There's all kinds of healing. Really, it's just there's no end to the ways that we can work with and heal the chakras. And vibration is just another form of sound. But your lower chakras are going to respond better to direct experience because they are directly related to your physical experience. Do you understand that the lower chakras, solar plexus, sacral in the hips, and tailbone, the root, those three are your physical chakras. They relate to your physical experience. Now, all of your chakras, all seven of them, are energy, and they're all God or spirit or consciousness. Okay, it's just the rainbow of you. But the three lower ones kind of specialize, as it were, in the physical world. So they, so especially the root, the root loves experience. The root could care a less if you ever give it another word or another reason. And the sacral loves like intimate experience, sexuality, intimacy with another. It would really love to just connect with another on a physical level more than any other level. And, but once we get to the third, the third is actually your conscious mind. People don't understand this. They think sometimes the upper chakras the sixth chakra is your mind. It's your intuitive mind. Your logical mind is in your solar plexus. That's why we say gut feeling. That's why we find brain cells in the gut, right, nowadays. So your solar plexus is your clarity one. I like this. I don't like that. So your solar plexus really does like ideas. Like you and I are talking right now, people's solar plexus are lighting up if they're relating to any of the ideas and it's making them want to take certain actions or think certain ideas or beliefs, that's the realm of the third chakra. So every chakra is an absolutely different planet, a different world. And yet they're all connected in the spectrum of you. Some will respond better. I have uh, a blog post. I think it goes around conscious life news and it's also on mine and it's been running around out in the world. And in that, I show how the best method for each chakra. And I actually talk about something I've never heard anyone talk about before, which is that different methods work better for different chakras according to the nature of the chakra itself. So the root chakra is so body oriented and physical. It's also related to earth. So it's going to do better with stone healing. The sense of smell is our survivalistic sense. It's our most survivalistic sense. And the root is our survivalistic chakra. So aromatherapy, smelling is really, really good for root. Does this make sense? You know, and then I, I can keep on going, you know, sacral is water. So it's really good. That's good. Yeah, please like, keep it going. This uh, is very helpful. Well, you like water, watsu, some people do, or anything where you surrender because it's the feminine. Uh, massage because it's so much about sensuality and another person. You know, all those things are good for opening up your sacral. And then for the third chakra, that's the fire chakra, and it's very much about action. One of the best things you can do for your third chakra is just start doing sit-ups every day. I mean, really, truly, with attention right on your solar plexus and do what's called breath of fire, where I don't want to do this too loud on the, on the mic, but a lot of people know it out there. You can look it up. You can Google it, breath of fire, where you just quickly go, shh, 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 and I'm pushing air out of my mouth, and it's making my solar plexus snap in. Try, try that, Ryan. Go for it. Can you feel your solar plexus kind of as you... You push it out so hard that it makes your solar plexus pull in a little bit. Yes, that's yeah. breath of fire. Oh, breath of fire. Okay, I I, I have bad breath. breath of fire. I, I have bad breath of fire, but this is uh, hopefully. Oh it's gonna yeah, be, I'm this, sure this it's is going to be awesome. Sure when it comes fun. to chakras, I mean, the way you describe it and the way you're visually seeing it, do you actually do you visually yeah. see people's chakras by chance? I'm not very visual. I'm kinesthetic. I that's feel everything. I'm a ma I'm a major empath, and when I also feel things, I also have an overall knowing. So my first thing in my body is to feel something, but then what comes after that, what lands is like all seven chakras at once. I just have a knowing about something. Wow. So when it comes to the chakras, do, do the same chakra formation apply for all living beings or is this chakra alignment and arrangement just specified human beings because I, I do wonder if it does uh, have a similar makeup for other animals or other species yeah i don't i don't really do other species 
<laughs> I, I've never met, I, I haven't, I'm open to meeting an alien, but I haven't yet in this lifetime. And um, I uh, haven't really done much work with pets. So I'm going to stay out of that one. But my intuitive belief is absolutely, because we're all energy beings first, first. And, and the thing that I believe in so much, and I think I communicate it actually pretty poorly, <laughs> which is I believe, Ryan, so much in the organization of consciousness. And therefore, because we are consciousness in just the absolute uh, sacred geometry and organization of us. So that's why I love that the chakras cover our entire um, being, you know, our entire being, our entire, like you could tell me any area of your life and we can talk about what area, how that relates to your external life. Like, I mean, or how that relates to your chakra, which chakra it relates to and vice versa. We can go either way. And I love that, that the chakras are also go from the densest to the finest and that they go through the colors of the rainbow. It's like, it's all so perfectly organized. I have to believe that other animals have that, you know, I've got to believe that. Uh, mentioned that before about the three different types of where people are, if they're on the higher or lower, I, I, I don't, I always felt like I'm a stranger on this planet. It's strange. I, some people say, well, you know, there, there are people who feel like they're strange, that they're, they're the indigo kids or they're the starseeds. I don't feel like a starseed or an indigo. I just, I don't know. I think on my own level of strangeness, if you want to call it that way, I just don't, <laughs> kind of feel like I'm one, I have one step inside this world to pay the bills and to do the radio show and the rest of me is outside somewhere. But when it comes to the chakras, I'm not sure. I, I almost feel like I, I'm only in contact with maybe three. I think maybe the, the crown of the heart chakras is probably the at least the two, at least I'm aware of, but yeah, yeah, you're definitely, and I can feel you. So you're absolutely in contact with your heart. You're more in contact with your root than you realize. You're actually more here than you realize. And part of that, if I might say it's part of it is you're a male, right? And the three chakras, the first, third, and fifth, or the root solar plexus and the throat are the masculine chakras. So this is what I was talking about earlier. And the two, four, six, the hips, the heart, and the third eye are feminine. And so men, even when they feel like they're not really in this, on this planet, just by the sheer nature of their testosterone, their, their balls, really, because that root is the lowest, right? They are much more grounded than women by nature. That's not to say that grounded women don't exist since root is um, so important for manifesting someone like Oprah, she's so root chakra. She's got all the chakras going on, but she's like so root that she's just a master manifester. Okay. You know, well also I find pretty interesting on your site is that you have the chakra tattoos, the healing tattoos, and you brought up the gentleman. Um, I forget his name. It was the, 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 you did the study of water. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, Moto. Yeah. yeah, I love it. it. It's unfortunate that he's no longer with us because I would love to do the interview with him because the idea that water actually is energized based on the kind of messages that you put out there. So, from your perspective, what, how will a chakra tattoo impact you? Will that keep your chakra balanced? Will it keep it energized for a prolonged period of time? Hmm. Well, the reason I create, all I can say is why I created it and how it's affected me. And then I can also talk, I mean, I've had, obviously I've now done it. I've now sold over a hundred thousand tattoos. So I've gotten lots and lots of feedback from people. Um, but for me personally, it was that I knew I needed to, I had a chronic root chakra issue and the way that showed up, um, you know, on my YouTube channel, I handle a lot of this stuff like what are the signs of a root, you know, because right now I'm trying to talk about all the chakras and for people who have never heard of them, it just sounds so complicated, but there's signs for each of the areas that tell us they're weak. And in the root chakra, you're weak when you're not grounded. So therefore you're anxious. You know what I mean? You're up in your upper energies. You're in your head. You're not depressed. You're anxious. You have anxiety. You tend to change homes because home is the root chakra. And so you tend to move homes a lot. I move moving more than like once every year. Uh, you usually have financial issues because the root chakra is the finance and manifestation chakra, the most basic one. You tend to have knee, bowel, uh, foot problems on that lower part of your body. And I had all of them. You know, I just had meniscus surgery about, I think, eight years ago now um, on my knee. 
you have um, that, that's pretty much it. Those are the main things. And again, all the other things I said, you might like be accident prone, talk too quick, you know, not that's money issues again, uh, because you're not there to pay the bills or whatever. So that, that's like root chakra. And I had that problem. And I would wake up every morning, I had PTSD from childhood, and I would wake up every morning just anxious, literally, like no reason, just wake up feeling anxious. And I started to do um, yoga to really get me in my body. I would do grounded standing poses, you know, earthing poses, be like a tree, you know. And I would feel better, Ryan, for about a few hours after the yoga. But if I go to bed that night, when I wake up the next morning, I'd have it again. I'd be anxious again because all my cellular memory would come back in. I'd be all traumatized again in the morning. So I, I said to myself, if I can feel good, and I don't know if you believe in this logic, but this is what I said. If I can feel good and well for the few hours like that, I should be able to keep that. I sh- there should be a way. So I prayed and I asked the universe. I asked my guides. They tell me all kinds of weird things. And I said, tell me. That's awesome. You, got, you get the, you're the other person I talk with that gets the guide communication. I reached out to my guides last all week. The, all the time, my friend. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, I, I, every year around my birthday, I always I always ask to go, you know, can I have some communication? Please, I get no. I get nothing. So I have to go out and buy myself some beer to get left alone. But, but here's the other side of that, Ryan. Would you always follow it if your guides, for instance, I'll give you an example because my guides told me, and listen, I was a yoga teacher and, you know, we do a lot of chakra work and everyone tends to get tattoos. And I was like, I don't want a tattoo. I never want a tattoo. I was totally in the non-tattoo camp. And my, my guides sent me to that movie, What the Bleep Do We Know? And I saw Masaru Emoto's work. (laughs) And then they said, that, you know, together we kind of figure out well, words on water change the structure of water. You could just get a root tattoo right there. Sanskrit's the oldest language next to Hebrew. That would be perfect. So I was like, really? They're like, yeah. I'm like, really? Like, I was just very, are you kidding me? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, well, I guess it does make total sense by his research. So I made an appointment to get a root chakra tattoo. And it's a long story because it's hilarious. The guy who ended up giving it to me, who I didn't even know, it happened last minute. His name was Shiva, which means God in That's Sanskrit, pretty cool. right? And, and I was getting a Shakti. Shiva and Shakti are the God, feminine and masculine God of, of, you know, that world, of the yogic world. And I was getting the feminine tattoo, the, Shiva, uh, the Shakti tattoo. So she was putting it on me and literally I felt energy run down both my legs. Like the minute he put the stencil, not the, not the needles. That's a whole nother story. Needles are not fun, (laughs) but he put the stencil and energy went down my legs. And literally that's the turning point. I've had several turning points because there's been a lot of growth uh, dysfunction and, and growth in my life. And that was the biggest one though. And after a couple of weeks after that was maybe a week, even I said, I have to create these. And I looked into it, I was like, I, I got to create these in te- temporary tattoos. Um, and that was really, I can say I, but really it was my guides that were pressing me to do that. And I'm glad because on my own, I would have felt too weird about it. But they were like, you got to do this. And I said, okay, I follow whatever you tell that, that's, me. That's, that's so awesome. That, that's awesome. <laughs> See, A lot of times I think what happens, Ryan, is that we all think that it's going to be the Holy Grail. We really do. We think that... And in this embodied age, it isn't the Holy Grail. It isn't like trumpets. It isn't even someone in a loud, authoritative, but yet calming voice. It isn't any of that. Sometimes it's literally just movement moving through your own personality and mind. But you can feel, and the, there's a few little telltale signs. It's, it's usually good. Like you said, it's good for the people around you and good for you. But one of the things that you get is there's usually a logic skip, meaning that it like if you can feel yourself thinking something out and you're going through the logical steps, this goes to that, leads to that. Okay, and there's the conclusion, right? That typically is not your guides because that's typically logic steps through the world. But when you suddenly have any kind of inspiration and it does, you didn't have the mathematics before it, you weren't saying this leads to that leads to that or this plus this equals that, you just simply suddenly had the idea, that is guidance. That's guidance because there's your mind and your ego didn't take you there. You understand? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's something I'm going to have to work on. <laughs> but I know. I think if I, I think it's I think I think it's terrific advice, especially if you know, some people out there. I wanted to ask you 
something about the chakra symbols because I noticed that, yeah. like for example, the crown chakra tattoo, and I see some similarities with the the symbols. Is that they seem to have elements or remnants of geometry because I see these I see these certain patterns that seem beautiful they're visually strong mm-hmm. and then i noticed that mm-hmm. i've seen these before so is there an element of sacred geometry within the chakras that is something that is universal are these uh, energy portals something that is universal that we we, we could actually most likely see in other civilizations just because mm-hmm. of the geometric shapes that are being presented in the chakras my belief is that of course they are because to me they are the everything and consciousness is absolutely orderly and even in it can be chaotic right but behind the chaos is always order like when i used to live in la i would think oh my gosh it's so chaotic here i'd get in a plane and we'd take off and we'd be above it and i would just see all the order of the roads and the patches and the patterns and i think when we can get enough distance we see the patterns and so remember the symbols that we use are a language we use. They aren't the chakras, you know. Again, this is not the chakra, this is the picture of it. And even as a picture, it's a particular person or group of people's picture over time. So I do think we have a tendency, just like if you go into any really good church, all really spiritual things have a lot of sacred geometry and beauty to them because we're called to our highest. We're we're called into that perspective from the sky when we're called into our highest spirit. And these energies are spiritual energies. So when they are approached from inspiration, I think they always result in some kind of sacred geometry because we are sacredly geometrical. And all of consciousness is. Does that does that answer you know, it does, the question? It does answer it. And then yeah. talk to you. I just, dearly, dear friends, they are, I do a show with them called Heart Warriors Radio. They're Jeff Casper and Yona Brindis, and we've We've talked a lot about the chakras, and they were the first people to ever bring to my attention saying, you know what, you have to consider the idea of closing your chakras. They said sometimes the people, what they do is they meditate or they they get too open, and all these chakras are open, and while they are pushing and being open to all this beautiful enlightenment, they're also getting, you know, crap within there because they're getting stuck in all some negative energy too. So they said you might want to consider – closing some of your chakras from time to time. Like, you know, you don't leave a door open all, all night. You, you close it once in a while. I was wondering what your perspective is on that, and do you believe that you should kind of lower your ability to keep some of your chakras open? I mean, will that have an impact on your ability to, one, manifest, and two, mm. be healthy? Because can you, mm. theoretically speaking, hurt yourself by being too open or having the chakras too fluid? Oh, that's so complicated. (laughs) The answer to that is so like advanced for where we are right now. But I will say in general, let me just first say that a lot of people don't realize that for the embodied chakras, the crown is the only one that's off the body, right? But for the six embodied chakras, three are masculine and three are feminine. What a lot of people don't understand is that your three masculine chakras, in order to open them, you actually contract your body. In other words, Um, the root chakra contracts down into the earth and creates stable roots. The third chakra, the solar plexus creates this um, like abdominal strength. Like when, if I was going to punch you in the stomach, you would strengthen your abdominals, right? You know what I'm saying? Okay. So as you strengthen your abdominals, you are literally opening your third chakra. (laughs) So you're contracting your abdominals, but that, that masculine practice opens your energy field in your third chakra. So you actually have, and the same is true if you just slightly tuck your chin, and if you're aware of what's called Jalandhara Bandha in yoga, the three blocks, or I'm sorry, blocks, the three locks, that's a lock, Bandhas, are in the masculine chakras because we actually have to contract them to open them. So that's slightly off topic from what you said, but it's related, and that our world is so concerned about being la-di-da, open, feminine, la, you know, that we're not taking the time to understand that in this day and age, when we want to bring heaven into earth, we still have to be present and in our masculine chakras. And our masculine chakras entail not meditation, not being diffuse, being concentrated, being um, engaged, being contracted masculine energy contracts in the physical world. Okay. 
So there's that. Then there's, but I have to, the only where I disagree is that, yes, if you don't have strong enough masculine chakras, then you better not be opening your heart so much because it would be like a woman who's super, super, super open, super innocent, right? And she's walking down a dark road and she's with a man who's like Woody Allen or smaller. You know what I mean? He could never protect her. She's just super open. You can feel that imbalance, right? Well, that balance is within all of us. So if you learn to engage and work with your masculine chakras, then you can open your heart. So it's not really just a singular thing of you shouldn't be too opened or closed in your heart. It's that balance in the chakras doesn't apply so much for me in any particular chakra. It applies to the field of chakras. And if you have any one chakra, say, that's so open that the other chakras can't kind of protect it because they naturally protect each other because they're opposites. All of your chakras moving up your body are slight opposites from the one before. That's that geometry again. That's that order again. And if, if for instance, I'll give you an example because I'm talking to generalized. Your heart is very open and loving. Your solar plexus that's right next to your heart, right below it, is your selfishness chakra. It's me. I have to take care of myself. I've got to, you know, and the other ones, i got to take care of everyone else. Next to each other, they balance each other out. But if you don't have any strength in your solar plexus and you just let your heart keep opening and opening, then absolutely you need to shut that down a little bit because it would be like that woman walking with, in a dangerous area with a guy who can't protect her. Does that, does that make any sense? It does make sense. And I know that some years ago, we, for a long period of time I was growing up, we had the planetary system and uh, there was this planet, Pluto. I was like, Pluto? It was cool. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> now, these uh, scientists, uh, I think are just so boring. They're like, no, Pluto's no longer a planet. It just kind of <laughs> ruined everything. So uh, where I'm going with this is I'm wondering in the progression of consciousness exploration as people become more aware and study the chakras more do you think that there's a possibility or just a possibility that we may discover additional chakras that were not there because we're tapping into other parts of our intuitiveness or that chakras that we once perceived were there uh, may actually be uh, so big that they're actually uh, two chakras may actually be one chakra and i'm wondering if that were to happen how would that, theoretically speaking, change the dynamics of what we know about the chakras? Well, you know, there's already people that say we have, you know, 36 or whatever. You know, people have a different number all over the place. And it's my personal opinion and my personal interest, really. I think our opinions are a lot our interests. I'm very interested in the perfection of seven. And you can then break you could take anything, but like you could take the crown chakra and then break it into three more chakras if you want it. You could say, oh, they're slightly, it moves toward white, but it starts as violet. So at this point, it's violet. At this point, it's lavender. And this point, it's white. Like you can always make different distinctions. But my personal opinion is that our, I can't wait for people to just realize the map of their chakras as an actual map and stop thinking of it as some mystical, crazy thing. It's just a map to wholeness. And, um, you know, I, I'm trying to think like where I was going with that question, because that's, that's a tough one. Can you reiterate just one more time? Yeah, the, I was wondering the, if, the if, 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 if we can, if we'll. Oh, seven or more, seven or more. Okay. Lucky number seven, Ryan, lucky number seven for no reason that we know of whatsoever is the lucky number across the planet. And in in 2012, at the end of the Mayan calendar, when I was 49, <laughs> I was in my 7-7. I was literally in my chakra life cycle of 7-7. I was the highest I'm going to be. At 49 and 99, we're the closest we're going to be the, to the divine in our physical bodies. Okay? And then we come back down and we start over again at 50. So we get like this do-over. And I was up there and I got this whole download of this, this system. And... Um, it was all about, it's all based on seven, on the chakras. And the chakras create, are actually create, not just our, they create our whole life. I mean, everything spins out of, you could say, well, it comes out of our biology. But really, the truth is our biology comes out of our energy. Energy is always first. And the energy is based on these seven main energy centers of the body. That's why we have seven-year cycles. And people talk about seven-year itch. And it even explains um, 
in when I talk about the uh, chakra life cycles, it explains terrible twos. It explains why teenagers are the way they are at 15. It describes why we go into so much purpose at age 29 and our voice begins to open up. There's, there's this, these patterns of growth that happen and they're based on the seven. So I just, tend to really believe that, yeah, anybody, I don't argue with anyone if they say, well, there's three different, more grounded chakras. I don't, I don't mind. I don't care. But for me, there is a unconscious collective connection to seven because it's so complete with seven. And if I might just add this, and I could be right or wrong, but this is really interesting to me. And someone once told me they thought this was really interesting too, because they hadn't heard it quite put this way. Um, Sir Isaac Newton did an experiment where he put light through a prism. Now, a prism is 3D, a pyramid. So basically, light is spirit. But the 3D prism represents our 3D world. And when you put light through a prism, when he put the light through the prism, it bent and it turned into the seven rays of, you know, the six visible clearly ones. But it's actually seven, if you look at it, seven rays of a rainbow. Um, so it turns into a rainbow. And my opinion is that's us when we are the light. And when we come into this 3D world, we're like that light shining into a 3D world. And we, we then go into our chakras, which energetically we become a rainbow. When we pass, and this is interesting because Sir Isaac Newton did it the other way. He put the light back through and it went back to white. In other words, he put the rainbow light back through the prism and it went back to white. So I believe at the end of our physical life, because our life is never over, we're consciousness, but at the end of the physical life, we go out of this 3D realm, so our rainbow goes back to the singular light again, just like he did with the prism. And you can still do those experiments today. You can still get a prism, I mean, uh, a rainbow at, from a uh, single light when you run it through a prism. So I think that's all it is. It's just we are consciousness that comes into this 3D world for a while, <laughs> and when we come here, we're still that consciousness. And that consciousness breaks into the bands of the rainbow. That and then when we leave, it goes back to pure light. All right. Well, at least we have an idea of what's going on. And some of you people who come here will have uh, some guides to hang out with and speak with. Miss Vicki Howe, I want to thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your knowledge and expertise on the chakras or chakras. You can learn more about Miss Howie by going to her website at chakraboosters.com. On there, you're going to see a lot of great things. You're going to learn about her healing tattoos. She's got some really interesting books you can download or check out, order on Amazon. She's got this new book called The Key to the Chakras. There you go. I'm saying it. Chakras. It's available on Amazon.com. <laughs> and again, the uh, website is chakraboosters.com. Miss Howie, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me, Ryan. It's been a blast. Okay, everyone. That concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth. Special thanks to our wonderful guest, Ms. Vicki Howell. Special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, Ms. Lisa Kaza, and Ms. Constance Stellis. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care. Thank you so much for listening.